episode of Bang Important. I'm your host, Jeremy Lawson, and with me is... My co-host, uh, Damien Montero. I guess your co-host, or my co-host. <laughs> um, and thank you for joining us one more time for Bang Important. Uh, so so we, we just got off a uh, fresh uh, Palm Beach JavaScript meetup where uh, we were uh, presented by Chris... Rogers, we're uh, breaking into the industry and what it's like. So we have him on as a guest for the second time. Chris. As well as uh, Max uh, Aristil, I believe I pronounced it right. So, so gentlemen, why don't you uh, start, we'll start with you, Chris, give us a little bit about yourselves and uh, then we'll go to you, Max, uh, afterwards. Yeah, hi, my name is Chris Rogers. Uh, thank you both for having me on again. This is my second time, as Jeremy said. Uh, I'm actually a teacher full-time as my full-time gig, but I've been learning to code over the past year or so. And uh, I'm actually just finishing up a coding bootcamp that I kind of gave a little talk tonight about my experience with that and uh, some of the ins and outs of learning web development in 2018. All right. Very cool. Max? Hey, guys. Um, Max are still here. Um, full stack developer at Deloitte um, with about three years experience. So we'll a bit right. of an experience here. Yeah. Very Excellent. cool. So uh, today, today's topic was uh, dev digression, and, then, and you know, as you mentioned, your uh, instructor learning to code because you're, you know, uh, thinking about uh, possibly switching careers and and your uh, path through there. So today's topic, I wanted to talk about, you know, learning to learn. You know, something that Damien and I are super passionate about because we've forgotten what it's like, and we like to mentor and 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 teach these topics. But you know, sometimes we forget what it's like to learn. Absolutely. So I want to. Uh, talk about a couple of things. And let's start us off with uh, resources that we've used to learn over the years. Um, you want to start us off, Chris, uh, since you've given us a wonderful uh, presentation? Sure. So um, I mentioned a few of my presentation, which uh, I think a lot of people come into contact with frequently. So a lot of people, when they're looking for tutorials on anything, they might peruse YouTube. And of course, you can find plenty of coding resources on YouTube. And one of the huge benefits to that is that it's free. Um, a lot of other times people look for online coding kind of exercises and they're led to websites like Free Code Camp or Code Academy. Uh, we had a lot of people at our presentation tonight who, who were aware of these and, and use them. Um, they can be very valuable, uh, you know, learning code for the first time, especially really getting your, you know, um, hands-on experience for the first time. And then in addition to that, what we see a lot of today are sort of lecture course hybrids. Uh, and I brought up one that's udemy.com, has some great resources. It uh, allows people basically to create their own course, um, usually through video lectures. Uh, but it's, it's great because it's got the structure of a course. It comes from, you know, someone who's a professional in the field. I myself have gone through a few courses on there. It's been a very good supplemental resource. And uh, then, of course, we have the, the full gamut where you have um, these coding boot camps that are around, which I myself uh, attend one currently. So there's really, you know, everything from the, the free and open source to the, you know, structured, uh, you know, professional atmosphere. What do you, Max, what, what did you learn three years ago when you, when, when you were in that industry? How did you learn? You know, what resources um, did you use? So I started learning how to code um, in school. Um, but as far as being a web developer, I think one of the first tools I used was Code Academy. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's paid now, but back in the days it was free uh, to use. Um, also, 
I think Free Code Camp was all was another one that I, I use heavily. Um, more recently, I played around with Hacker Rank to just practice algorithms interesting, and, interesting. and playing around with things I haven't done in a while. So I had a uh, in in, uh, in Boca JS we we had a presentation and that's one of the things that he like valued the most even for a job interview. It was almost like. What I mean, I don't know. Back in my days or whatever, GitHub was where you would showcase your work. Um, he was like, "Here, sh check out my rank on on uh, you know hacker uh, hacker skill or hacker rank hacker rank." I'm sorry, and he, he really foresaw that that it was like the way that you would you would give. It was the business card you wanted to hand over nowadays. That was really impressive. That was really impressive. So, um, did you find that the first? Uh, do you remember Mac Max or your first time? Because Chris, so you're you're still getting that first job, right? So, what was the first job that you got, and, and do you remember why? What would they what would they're looking to to see from you? Sure. Um, so I got hired on um, for Deloitte Consulting straight yeah. out of college. Wow. Um, they weren't too picky as far as experience or anything like that. They're kind of looking for somebody that wants to learn and willing to learn different technologies. Um, so it, it was. Pretty intimidating going in there at first. Um, a lot of I, I don't have a formal computer science degree. Right. I have an information technology degree. So being with a lot of master students in comp sci and being kind of overwhelmed at first, but you know I fit right in after I think six Excellent. months. It was pretty easy going. At, now the, there's two. I think there's two thoughts. Uh, tell me what would you think, uh, Jeremy? But there's two thoughts on, on uh, that. It sounds like when you're when you're hiring someone, so certain people want just like that perfect developer, regardless of how they will eventually end up in the team. And other people are like, don't worry about the skills. I want that developer that's perfect in the sense that they fit into the team. So obviously, if you felt it was a good fit for you, obviously, it was the other way around as well, that you were a great fit for them as right. well. So they and they saw that, you know, and, and obviously, it worked out three years later, you're in the same job. Obviously, they, they, they were right and you were right to choose that place. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I mean, the, the idea of when I hire a junior dev, I'm less looking at their core capabilities because they don't have a lot of that experience. And I'm looking more for about their personality. Do they, will they fit in this environment? Do they, uh, you know, can they handle a joke and then give it back? You know, things like that, <laughs> you know, and then their willingness to learn too, because understanding that you're in a position of uh, lower stature, there's more to know. Uh, are you going to be receptive to information or are you just going to constantly fight it? Like, right. you, know, you know, it all or anything like that. So uh, personality is more of what I'm looking for. Uh, than capability for like junior developers for sure. And I saw that in you, Chris, when when uh, when I was in the hackathon. You know, me and Jeremy were were the the coaches there, and and that's what I tell people. It's it's a way to, to keep us from winning. Uh, and uh, sorry, that was a little bit uh, too much. But I saw that, that 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 you know when when I saw right away you contributed that Google Maps uh, part of the the product, and uh, you didn't get a chance to showcase it uh, because I, I was I saw your, your your app before we showcased it, but it was it was impressive that you just sort of jumped in and. I looked into it, and I would say, just like you know, hiring you, Max, it was a good idea for them. I think hiring you for for that ability would be very good. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that vote of confidence. And uh, I'll just say one other thing, which I kind of iterated last time too, is that I agree. I think that um, like the show, The Office, kind of how it shows <laughs> that dynamic of the workplace. I do think that you know, who doesn't want to be in a place where they spend so much of their life. 
uh, amongst people that they respect and that they get along with, right? right. You know, what, what at the end of the day does it mean if you're, you know, making an awesome product or, you know, the, the top ranked or whatever it is, if, if you can't, you know, form a cohesive team. So I, I think that is very valuable. I agree. Excellent. Fantastic. Cool. So like, go, go back to the, the, the question we originally started with was uh, what learning resources we like, uh, you know, so I, you guys mentioned all of the low-hanging fruit, you know, the YouTubes, the Udacity and other things like that. Um, one, one of the questions that I get asked often is the, which path do I choose? How mm. did you guys find uh, the path that you guys ultimately went down? And was it a clear path or was it just a meandering river? Like, ultimately, how did you choose what you, uh, what you chose to learn? So my particular experience was one of, evolving as I learned more about the field. So when I started out, I pretty much thought the only way into the field was through computer science. And as we've learned tonight by many amongst us, uh, not everyone has a computer science degree who's working in the field and nor is it always the most applicable for any specific job related to software, especially. So I did take a few computer science classes and after looking into a lot of the online resources and a few of those that we've mentioned tonight, I realized that getting the hands-on experience in this field is so valuable that what motivated me far more was being productive with those resources and actually seeing the outcome of my labor. Mm -hmm. uh, and the outcome wasn't simply an A on a final exam in a class mm -hmm. uh, for which I had to solve one problem where uh, the catch was there was an extra semicolon, if you can believe that, in C++. So I learned that lesson the hard way. Um, but it's ultimately... guaranteeing that the line ends, you know. It's, it's sure. Absolutely. Uh, and heck, now we have languages that, that don't even use semicolons. <laughs> Perish the thought. Um, but uh, yeah, after, after learning some things on the free resources, I did want a little bit more structure. I wanted something that would really... Uh, push and put pressure on me to to learn it in a short span of time. So I ultimately opted for a boot camp. Um, but that being said, I realized that everyone's path is their own individual way. So I would never recommend the same thing to everyone. Uh, although I can speak highly of the resources that I've used in the boot camp I attended. What uh, resource would you say was your uh, that gave you that aha moment that made everything a little bit? Uh, easier moving forward where it's like there was a stuck point where it's like you didn't know where to go you didn't know what to do and then that one resource that did it for you what, what was that resource if you can remember i think the first time i actually built a project and this was on free code camp was the first um online resource that i went through and there were a number of exercises where you're learning html and css and it's kind of all in their ide i mean everything is very integrated in those, uh, as I called them earlier, padded environments, uh, which, which is great for, for someone starting out. But what actually really gave me that spark, as, as Jeremy mentioned, is when they turn you over to projects where you do have to research things, you know, mm -hmm. you're taught a few skills and then you're handed a project where you might look at it and say, wow, I don't think I learned anything on this list of the things I have to do. So having to go out and research and really uh, build something, you know, they have simple things like a weather API, I know was one of them, for example, or a random quote generator. Um, 
as, as much as that can seem like a, an exercise in pulling out your hair when you're new uh, to the field, once you complete something like that, it really does give you that spark because you, you see that you've built something and you really get a feel for what the potential is beyond just seeing, you know, clicking run and seeing a pretty picture pop up. I, I think that was a big deal for me. Interesting. Very cool. So with you, Max, remember that, that one time you're like, yeah, I'm getting it or, or, or this is what I want to do. Um, I think at first, uh, one of the first aha moments I had was still in college. Um, I kind of understood the loop <laughs> and what was the, the end of You stole my answer. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> that was really my aha moment, my first aha moment. Um, so later on, I think, like Chris mentioned, I, I'm also a very visual person. So I wanted to kind of see the end product and working uh, in those computer science classes or very technical classes, uh, they don't really give you that opportunity. Um, so through some of those um, tools, I can't remember which one exactly, I think Code Academy, I built my first portfolio page. And through that, it was really kind of like eye-opening to see, okay, well, I had you know, this amount of code and it's spitting out this much stuff that I could visually see and interact with. Hmm. So I think that was one of the biggest aha moment that kind of led me to the web development path as far as development is concerned. Yeah. Wow. That, that's pretty cool. It's a very similar story to my uh, path as well, where uh, I, I started my days back in the Flash, right? The thing right. I loved about Flash was I, I coded a little bit. I saw a little bit hitting that uh, control enter and watching it compile and seeing errors right away. Uh, and then understanding what the, the log was and, and uh, the trace statements instead of the console.logs uh, was it was a big way that uh, gave me the first epiphany on on uh, where this is going and then like the loop, un really understanding why I'm looping through things and mm -hmm. realizing a lot of my data is just a big set of stuff that I need to loop through was was the catalyst for me to, to move forward in a lot of things. Wow, I don't remember anything that, that was like, you know, I, I mean, I'm thinking about it. the first professional project I was in, it was IT and they, they actually needed me to create a website. We had a static website, it, it was, professionally done by a professional firm and you know right now it looks like I'm sure crap but and in, in they wanted something dynamic they wanted to be able to choose something and based upon certain thing we had about 60 different software it was a working for a software company it was in the IT department they want to be able to you chose essentially a wizard and all mm -hmm. that and then I, I I don't think I quite got it you know what I mean that it was that that impressive but the website had changed from being just the static you know page one page two page three to uh, a choice and and uh, a wizard that went around and did some things yeah and uh, you're right it was uh, oh no 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 I'm, I'm thinking about college I remember binary trees holy crap holy <laughs> smokes uh, that that blew me away I was like what. Yeah, and, and I was getting it. I was getting it, you know. And I remember the teacher at one point saying, okay, I need the answer, just not from Damien. Just you <laughs> shut up for a minute. Just uh, because I was like, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. You know, somebody must have heard the click because I clicked in there. And it was like, oh, I got it, I got it. I, I don't think I ever figured out what it was for. <laughs> but uh, but that it was and what you could do with it. And I mean, that it, that how it worked and all that just fascinated me. So, so, so the, the, the encouraging point to, to that, uh, what everybody's statement is, it's like the, the epiphany moment's coming, right? If you're a new developer out there and you haven't had that epiphany moment, this is one of the things I promise my students. It's like, uh, you know, when we start off with JavaScript, it's often the first time that they've ever been introduced to programming, period. 
And like HTML and CSS like has symptoms of being a programming language, but it's not really a programming language. So JavaScript, like, you know, they hit a brick wall sometimes. Right. And I promise, you know, the, the epiphany is coming. Sometimes it happened in my class. Sometimes it will happen in PHP. Sometimes it won't happen until they come back to me in WordPress. But the epiphany is coming. Uh, you know, sometimes it, it, it happens, uh, you know, three years into your career. Sometimes it happens six months into it. So it's coming. Can I bring something something up here before maybe on on a little bit of a down note? And you brought it up in, in your presentation, Chris, which I thought was really revolutionary. If you let me, um, what it was was this this the fact that all these amazing online courses, free code camp, all these things seem to hit a brick wall. That's what you remind me of. Mm-hmm. You're saying the moment they're like, "Perfect, you're ready." And and because my wife's going through this with Python, she's like, "Great, how do I get this running on my computer?" And they're like, "No, no, 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 just stay on our little magic sandbox." And you're like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 yeah, no, 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 no! I want to yeah. see it on my computer. I want to see it here. What's going on?" And that that was, you know, it it, it sounds like exactly. I mean, when you said it, it, it sounded exactly what she's saying. Where it's like. I feel ready with a language, but I'm not sure how I get it on my computer. And that seems to be this cliff that you're that you have to just sort of jump off, and someone's going to tell you how to do it. And right, it's, and it's that, an amazing that, thing. I, th- I think that goes back to the the idea of uh, of a community, right? You know, Palm Beach Tech's got their Slack channel, and where we talk about a lot of this stuff on yeah. the uh, developer uh, channel. You know, we're, we're we're here to help, and sometimes it's just reaching out, you know, to a local community like we have here in Palm Beach County, or you know going online to some of those places that, that are much friendlier. You know, there's 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 good and bad on the internet, as everyone knows, Stack Overflow, probably not the most friendly environment, but if you're a part of like Team Treehouse, it's like they moderate that and they yeah. they will kick you off if you're a jerk. So, you know, they, they want to encourage a safe environment to have that conversation, so. So just to reiterate what you said, definitely find communities that, that work for you and they're there for you to answer. And, and they're out there. Even the most basic questions or maybe things that, you thought were basic, but maybe it weren't. Which which kind of segues me into the, the next statement. It's like uh, resources that we that we use on the regular. You know, so we talked about some of the places where we've learned to code. Um, so I'll start it off with with a resource I use on the regular. And this was a part of my uh, uh, further epiphany after Flash kind of died, and I had to go through learning HTML and CSS and JavaScript. CSS tricks, mm. like the way he originally explained some things to me way back in the day, yeah. uh, was. A turning point. So, a CSS tricks is a, a resource I go to regularly, and it's it's hard nowadays to like Google a CSS question and not have CSS be the top three, if not the first one, right. uh, in, in the Google search results. So, it's like CSS tricks for the win. What, what do you guys use um, when you aren't necessarily learning, but you need to go find more information? Uh, definitely, Google search is one of the top procedures and looking at Stack Overflow is pretty much inevitable at this point. Um, (laughs) I do have a few resources on YouTube that I have regularly used. Um, I I think I had a few of them on my list tonight in the presentation. Um, People who do tutorials on specific technologies, uh, Brad Traversy at Traversy Media is a great resource on that. I've I've used a number of his videos. There's also a um, smaller YouTube channel uh, known as Coding Tutorials 360. Um, I actually, when I was doing the free code camp exercise that I mentioned before, I looked on YouTube for a similar project being completed. And he actually went through the entire curriculum on free code camp 
and did tutorials based on those exercises. So he got a big part of his start into his YouTube channel by actually just going through exercises and saying, hey, I'm kind of new, but I can do this. Let me go ahead and code it out and, and help everyone else out. And I've kind of taken that you know, mentality myself. I, I think that's really um, such a, an incredible thing about this community is that you know it, it's not just for your own personal gratification, but you want to help people out so that they don't always have to reinvent the wheel. And I think that's a big this could be a whole separate conversation, but that's a big driving engine for, for what drives technology to keep evolving so quickly. Absolutely. Where do you, Max? So is there one particular place you go to or a um, couple of places? A couple places. I typically, depending on, on the technology. Um, most recently, I've played around with um, a Udemy course, uh, the weird parts of JavaScript, I think, or the <laughs> good parts of the JavaScript, one of them. Um, and it Douglas was- Crawford, right? Uh, no, Antoni Alicia, okay. I believe um, that was the, the name of the guy. Um, and it was very you know, humbling, to say the least, as far as uh, understanding some parts that I played around with on a day-to-day, -day, but I never really truly understood. Um, I've been spoiled lately. I actually got a Pluralsight membership, so I've been playing around with a lot of those tutorials. I think those are more in-depth um, yes. versus you know, like another place like Linda or anything like that there. They do cover a lot more uh, specific technologies. So I'll say Pluralsight and um, a little bit of Udemy. Um, so I'll give, I'll give a shout out to, I think you mentioned as well, Chris, in your presentation, lynda.com is fantastic. And, and what people don't realize, even if they know that it's a good resource, they don't realize that if you go to your local library, the local library will give you access to lynda.com for free. And they say only limited number of, of, of things. I haven't found a, a, a presentation or particular things that I couldn't find. And then your yeah. favorite, of course, is Udemy. Um, I was pointing to Jeremy here. Um, just realized nobody's looking at us. Um, so Udemy, Udemy, and it's just amazing how all these courses, uh, I mean, I'll tell you the, the, the tr trick, and maybe it's not good because they, they deserve the money, is literally Google the exact name space coupon and you, you'll find that a lot of times you can get it for about 10 to 12 bucks and all that and and they're well worth 100 or 150 dollars that they say the official price is uh in fact if you just google the name you'll find other places are are selling it for over 100 dollars. one of my biggest resources is your favorite jeremy codepen oh. uh i i find that that all the time i'm like uh did i do this right and i have this you know, at this moment, we, we, we have a whole backend for a casino. And so there's, it's got to be 50,000 lines of backend. I can't go and find that one, you know, example by, you know, the, the test would take too long to just grab that little snippet of code, take it out, go into code pen and just try and, and see what exactly, you know, this, if I have something in doubt, now if I'm pretty sure, if not, I'm not hundred percent sure, just try it out quickly. And, and it's just like, I can answer quick questions. Absolutely. And it's just an amazing resource. It worked the same way with CSS. It worked the same way with that. And the last one is the developer uh, console in Chrome. Um, I'm loving it. And mm. I can do absolutely all the playing around. It, it's in, incredibly important for me for CSS because I'm not as expert as, as you, Jeremy. And so I, I need to play around with it. And it just lets me do 
everything I want in JavaScript, anything I want. I can see what's going on. I can debug it. I can I can figure out you know what's happening from an unbelievable amount of, of resource. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know I'll, I'll second the idea of like CodePen is is a resource I go to on the regular. You know, it, it, I, I think of CodePen as a Stack Overflow, but like live examples. Right, because it's like a lot of times you see in Stack Overflow, just like this is my problem. Here's a chunk of code, and you have like no context of anything. Like, uh, you know, is this running? Is it not? What's the error? Anything like that? And you're just purely guessing when you're trying to provide an answer. But with CodePen, uh, you know, there are a lot of places that um, require a CodePen example, or they're not answering your question. For example, uh, GreenSock, the animation platform, on their forums, if you have a problem and you post it in their forum. And you didn't provide a code pen. The very first answer you'll get would be like, "Here's the instructions on how to post a code pen." Very well. You very know, nice. so it's like that's that's super valuable in the context of like, let me see what's working or what's not working, so that way I can tell you how to fix it. I can fork it and do the right thing and go from there. Uh, I, I do like to caveat um, with an asterisk on the the Udemy. Um, it, it is a choose your own adventure. You know, so it's right. like if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, Udemy may not be the best place to go, but if you have an idea about a specific topic that you want to learn, then Udemy is the best place uh, for that, in my opinion. The the way, <laughs> excuse me, the, the way you uh, uh, get quality out of that is just read the reviews. How many students are there? What uh, number of stars do they get? And just read the comments. You know, um, I have made decisions uh, about like the curriculum was everything I needed, but then the reviews were kind of mediocre, and I was like, nope. Um, but then there were some where it's like the curriculum only had like four out of the 10 things that I needed, but the reviews were phenomenal. So I went ahead and bought it. So uh, it, it's a choose your own adventure, use your own caution and, uh, you know, wait for a sale to come out if you're not fully committed to it. Um, otherwise, get your uh, bi uh, business to pay for it and pay full price for it. Yes, yes, yes. And, and it's well worth it. And I think it's fair. Uh, everybody should get paid for what they're worth for. One last thing. There, there, so there is, people don't realize it. Essentially, it's 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 from uh, JS Fiddler. It's, it's I think, the, the, the term for these websites where you can go try something quickly and even copy and paste it, like you said, with, with mm -hmm. the example. So you can send to somebody else to look at it. Your, your example is Fiddler. And there is a website, so there's this one called glitch.com. And it's, on the, it's just amazing because not only is it giving you the, the same ability to do all the front-end glitches, uh, uh, fiddles and playing with different things and quickly trying and all that, gives you a node backend. Nice. Exactly. Online, all, all live, all auto-refreshing without you installing anything. I guess we, we've all talked about how awful it is that, you know, we, we don't get to ever do it on our own computers, but sometimes you just want something quickly. And it also lets you go ahead and, uh, you know, try it out and send it to somebody else say, here, here's how to do this one thing on Node. Here's how to connect the, the your React front end to the, to the node back end to, to going uh, on that. Glitch.com or glitch.io? Glitch.com. It's, nice. it, it's, and it's so the same people that do um, band, Bandcamp? The, yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I can, I can actually vouch for Glitch. I've used yeah. it myself as uh, part of the boot camp. And uh, just for added good measure, uh, it has some of the coolest graphics on there. So I know Jeremy will really appreciate it. Um, some of the coolest cartoon graphics and some of the funnest uh, randomly generated names for when you create a project. So nice. And to fill it, thank you. And to fill it even even more, to give you even more information that you're going to go crazy on, every single backend language has a fiddle. Nice. Where do you find them? Fiddles.io. 
You just choose your language, C-sharp, Dart, F-sharp, Go, others. Others? Is there a language called others? Okay. <laughs> Um, and uh, you'll be able to run it live, and then I don't. It, it all depends. It's all it's a link essentially to different companies, but you'll be able to try Java, the Python script that you want to try, and see if you can send it to somebody else. You may not be able to send somebody else, but at least you'll be able to run it and see what's going on. They all they all depend. They're all just links, so they're all different things, including a fiddler for Redex. Regex, nice. pardon me. Oh yeah, Regex. Yes, Regex. Oh, I love that one. That yeah. place is good. I've been there. <laughs> All right, so very, very cool. So we've talked about a couple of different things in the context of like, what are our favorite learning resources? What are the ones that we consider the best out there? Um, and then resources we use to just like stay up or solve problems, anything like that. What I, I'd like to hear the beginner's perspective and then like uh, the the, uh, the veteran's perspective on what does it take to be a web developer these days? Like in, in your guys' opinion, what do you think you need to know to be a web developer? Let's start it off with you this time. Max. Nice. Um, I would say yeah, the basic HTML, CSS, JavaScript, um, and at least being familiar with one backend language. Um, mm. It could be Node, uh, it could be PHP, Rails, anything that you could at least understand where you're getting your information or your data from. Because um, even if you are just a front-end developer, at some point you're definitely going to mess with some endpoints or you know, some backend code. Um, so I think at least those, um, and then at least one framework now, um, with everything being more component based, um, at least knowing how to create one component in whichever language and really understanding how the JavaScript engine works. I think if you at least have those, uh, you should be well-versed enough to be in a web development position. Very cool. Chris, what, what do you think it takes to be a web developer nowadays? Well, if I was judging it based on job descriptions, I would think you needed to have all of your knowledge, uh, yours and Damien's combined, and then some. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it it I a lot think, of overlap. Yeah, and and I agree with Max that I, I think HTML, CSS, JavaScript, what might have constituted a front end developer um, some years ago. While it may be uh, still necessary in some roles, I think it is expected at least. Uh, I also agree that the term full stack gets used uh, in you know 75% of cases at least, uh, unless it's a specific role for a front-end dev. So it, it is, and I think some people view that as a negative or they view that as daunting just to go off of uh, my theme from tonight. But what I would say is uh, I actually think that's a positive because just as someone who would, um, Max gave the excellent point that you want to know, you know, if you're going to be working with people using backend technologies, you should have a little bit of knowledge about that. So it only makes sense. Um, I think as far as what stack per se you go for, I do think it varies quite a lot by your location. So I know certain stacks are more popular in, in certain areas. But uh, I do notice a trend of jobs advertising just based on whatever front-end framework they're using. So you see a lot of Angular developer, React developer, Vue developer. And uh, I think that just takes on the assumption that you already know fluently HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, and perhaps a, a back-end language and are fluent in one of these newer frameworks. So they assume that to be up to date, that's what you need to know. 
Absolutely. And, you know, and everything you say, stated there was true. The one thing I have a problem with is, is the idea of like the, the, the full stack developer, I think is a term that people are u- utilizing nowadays that uh, we used to call them rock stars and ninjas, you know, <laughs> back in like the 2010 era. And then before then you were the webmaster. Yes. Right. So it's like, and, and like, it makes sense the evolution that this thing took because back in the day when you were a webmaster, it's like, it wasn't very complicated. It was HTML and CSS. Right. Maybe some JavaScript, yeah. maybe some PHP, but a lot of the stuff we were doing was just very static. And then we moved into a little bit more uh, dynamic stuff with WordPress. And then we can be a ninja and a rock star because we knew how to tie everything into some sort of CMS, Drupal, Joomla, WordPress, whatever. Um, and then that nowadays, it's it's expected for you to go front to back, know how to architect a CSS, you know, a front end on a large scale website, and then also architect the database uh, you know, and, and have that scale and, you know, be normalized and all that good stuff. And it's just, I, 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 I want to stop that, you know, uh, that, that, that mentality, that thinking, because there's just too much snow, as you pointed out in your presentation, you know, just, uh, with the idea of like what to learn nowadays, it's like, there's just so many, uh, you know, areas, nodes you can go off into. And then those nodes have other nodes that they split off into. And then those nodes have, you know, they fragment into other areas and whatnot. So if, if I were uh, to give advice or, or think about like, what does it take to be a web developer? I, I'd really, first of all, define what type of web developer you're trying to be. Are you trying to be a front-end engineer or are you trying to be a back-end engineer? Because that, that's the distinction to me. And then in the front-end, uh, you know, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, uh, not understanding just the basics, but advanced, right? So know a CSS framework and why you're using a CSS framework. Know a JavaScript framework and why are you using a, a, the JavaScript framework. But also like preprocessors too, right? You know, ES, mm. uh, Babel, right? ES6 to ES5 or SAS to CSS or, you know, post CSS and auto prefix and other stuff like that. But be and, careful. Yeah, like I think, you've, Chris, you pointed out and you pointed out as well, um, you can't, it may seem like a deep hole if you start throwing all these things in there oh, yeah. and thinking that there's more and more and well, more. Then that's the reason for separating the concerns, though, too, because it's like the front end. I, I feel like my stack is kind of shallow. It's like mm. I'm one level abstracted from the base language, right? So obviously I understand CSS, but I know SAS, right? SAS makes my life easier as a developer. But what I needed to understand from uh, SAS is like, how do I compile it? Like SAS, the browser doesn't understand SAS. I understand CSS. But so do, I had do to you learn. fall into that issue that you learn SAS and then you're confused when something breaks and you have to actually touch the real CSS? Or If, if I didn't know, uh, so A, if I didn't know uh, regular CSS and I couldn't predict what my SAS was uh, outputting, then yes, I would find that a little bit uh, daunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then uh, we have things like uh, SAS source maps nowadays where it tells me it's like this is broken on or this snippet of CSS is on the buttons, SAS file, partial yeah. online 10, right? So that's, without that, I find that a little hard, but the, right, those two right, things yeah. combined are, are nice. And then, you know, Babel, you know, I want to use some of the latest and greatest JavaScript stuff. And then I have to convert that back to, you know, cause we have to support IE 11. <laughs> um, so that, that's something out there. So that, that's, that's what I think it takes to be a front end web developer. The thing I think it takes to be a back-end web developer is basic understanding of HTML and CSS because that's, that's the overlap you were just talking about a minute ago, Damien. Um, but then uh, the, the back-end languages, right? Uh, let, me, let me go back to the front-end. 
understanding basic backend languages because understanding how to, you know, loop through a set of data you pull from PHP is super important, right? You know, do you need to know how the information is structured in the database as a front end or how to query that in the most optimized way? No, that's what the backend is here for. Uh, so the, the same area that the front end needs to know a little bit about backend, backend needs to know a little bit about front end. That's the HTML, CSS, a little bit of JavaScript. You, you know, you started... Uh, a little bit earlier that we were going to get, uh, the, you know, the 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 the, the, the new people uh, experience, and then we get the old people experience, uh, older experiences, and then with age. Um, and what 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 I, in my mind, I kept thinking, no, 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 but you're wrong. The backend still has to do with the web page. It still has to do with the HTML, the CSS. And I'm like, wait a minute. My job right now is to. I could do my job without knowing a single thing about JavaScript. Oh, pardon me about CSS, I work in Node, so it's all JavaScript, or HTML because everything is an API endpoint and that's becoming more and more prevalent. So finally, because I've always heard these people like, oh, I'm backend only. And I'm like, what, what do you mean you, you, you do backend only? And I'm like, but you- You, you just you, produce the data. No, no, but but they, they would load up the HTML, mm -hmm. create a component that went into this part and the data table would show up there. And I'm like, yeah, but you're doing HTML. You just- you know, you might not have any JavaScript in the front end. You might not know what the CSS does. Someone else helps you with that. But you have to manipulate the data, grab it, and then shove it into HTML, shove it into something. Well, and that, that's, now that, that's, that's the basic understanding of HTML. Just yes. like the front end needs to understand, like, how to do a, a loop of data. You know, the, the, the back end needs to know how to just display the data to where it, it is on the page. And the way that we do this at, at Arrow is I go in and I, I uh, style something. Right. You know, I'll just create the random markup that I need to, to complete the task. And if something is repeating, I'm just doing a simple for loop, you know, so repeat four times in a, you know, four var, whatever. And then from there, the back end, they already have their snippet. They know where the start and stop of it is instead of having to copy and paste my spaghetti code yeah. and then you know potentially miss a closing div that they need or something like that i already, i've already laid that out for them they just replace the for loop with uh you know the query from the database right done deal so that that that's the separation i'm talking about mm -hmm. there are those unicorns that can go full front to full back but it's like you know as i'm one of those developers uh you know i, I can do full stack development in php and in the lamp stack but i'm not the most strong in all of the disciplines at all times. So it's like I started my career off as an illustrator, moved to designer, moved to flash development, then moved to HTML, then moved to WordPress, then moved to backend like PHP. And now I'm like kind of swinging back and just settling on the uh, front end side of things because that's just what speaks to me, right? I like the design aspect of it, but I'm not going to design from scratch. And I, I, I like the backend aspect, but I'm not going to architect your database for you, right? And that's that's the distinction I think we're losing because there's so many disciplines and so many things to know within those disciplines. Mm -hmm. There's almost discipline and subdiscipline hierarchies in there. It's like right. it's impossible for one person to know. Yeah, I would actually vouch for that idea and throw it in as another reason why it can be daunting as a new developer, and it's it's does us well as new developers to remember that even if you do know something about each of these technologies and you learn a stack, you're not going to necessarily be building every app yourself, right? So you've just illustrated, Jeremy, a great point in splitting the difference, whereas I just built my latest app 
you know, from the ground up in the MERN stack. And by the time you get to building React components for every page, for every component on the page, you know, dispatching actions for everything and writing the backend, any small error can make you search through that entire program to figure out, you know, just one example of like, I remember building my edit form for where you can edit the information on a job you have in your dashboard. And I remember having to search front and back for, you know, which part of the app was not splitting the, you know, desired skills keywords by the comma correctly. And I, you know, had to try the front end. I had to console log everything through the action. And mind you, for me, that's great because it's great practice. I, I should get that practice, you know, knowing the ins and outs of everything. And, you know, in that sense, it's great, but it is important to remember that, you know, every app I would build is not going to be that way. So that's a good point. Do, do. Think about it like from a doctor's standpoint too. It's like you have specialists for a reason. You don't, you have, you have a general doctor, like a general practitioner for, for those reasons of like understanding like the, the body as a whole. But it's like every time something would come up where that particular doctor didn't have direct experience doing, you went to a specialist. Why is this any different in our industry? Why is it expected for one person to know how to be the surgeon, how to be the uh, you know neuro, how to be the foot doctor, how to be the nose doctor, and everything in between? And and it, it has changed the same way, right? The, the the foot doctor used to be the same guy who treats the the horse and treats the uh, you know the lady giving birth, and and uh, and, and and you know my my losing of hair. Um, and now that's changed. And, and I mean, I come from a long line of programmers. Well, a long line as in. My dad was one. I guess that's that's where it ends. <laughs> uh, and uh, he had to, and it's the perfect evolution, right? He had to be the one who understands the computer. He would build the computer. He would install the computer. Then he would learn how to use the computer. Then he would he would run the computer, and he would be the computer expert. And he was the computer guy, right? And then came Amaya, and I'm like, Dad, we don't do the computer. The, the server IT guys do the computer. I just simply put the files in there. And that's progressively, but it was me who did the back end, me who did the front end, me who understood how they connected together, and eventually me would do the mobile app for it, right? And that has, I agree with you, that has changed. And I think it's fantastic. And I, I think that also is both daunting in that it looks like every, there's a million things you have to do out there, but also should give you um, a guiding light to, to understand that you can go into something specific. Uh, you know, you can become a mobile expert. So I, I know very good people that are this, a mobile expert, they have no clue how the magic happens on that server. And you're like, that's, you're talking like you, like my mom talks about computers, right? She's a bike salesman. So she doesn't have to worry about those type of things. You know, it's magic. And it's like, wait a minute, it's not magic. You should know a little bit about this, but they don't need to, because it's, it's just one way to do it. And then they can be, I'm a mobile developer. I only do mobile development. I don't understand the web. I don't understand what you guys are having problems with. Obviously you're, you chose the wrong field and it's like, no, you know what I mean? You can choose different things and be perfectly capable of putting bread on the table and to, you know, be satisfied at your job. And Absolutely. that's wonderful. That's wonderful that that exists. Absolutely. And, and one thing to add, I think overall um, with today's day and age, as far as for new developers, I feel like they are expected to be architect. You know, there's this, this thing that within our industry that, okay, you could go home and build an app. You can do it, mm -hmm. but you might not do it the most optimized way. You, you Your database structure might not be 
the best way, but you can do it. You can go out and build something, mm-hmm. okay. but it, it's not necessarily a finished product. Right. But having that ability to go in there and build it is a skill. It's just how well you want to define that skill. You know, if you want to stick with the front end, it, it, if it calls out to you, then great. Master that craft or in the back end, master that craft essentially and become a better developer. You're going to intersect from front end to back end at any point in your career. It's just being a master of that craft that you choose. I love that idea, Max. And absolutely. Like I, I believe in an, uh, an awareness of what's around you is important, but then uh, being an expert in whatever you know tickles your fancy is important as well. Absolutely. Like this idea of trying to do all things all the time is, is it's got to stop. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like just because you are like you can write HTML doesn't mean you're an HTML architect because it's like those things get crazy complicated real quick. Uh, and same thing with backend, like you and, can get just as crazy complicated. And just because I can write to a database doesn't mean I'm a, a database architect. Well, let, let, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But but you should never feel that you you should see what speaks to you, but let anything speak to you. Right. I've done back end development. That's what I do full time now. I've done front end development. Most full stack developers seem to be shoved into the front end because they don't seem to have enough front end people. I've done mobile. I've done uh, IT architecture. I, I've done the, the everything part of it. And it's the, there's and the reason for that, I guess, is I and nobody ever told me, no, you you look like a back end guy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a back end guy. Right. And you, you could switch around and you can see. Definitely something's going to speak to you and go with that direction. And if you change, that's okay too. Absolutely. There's nothing, again, that's, that goes down to the awareness though. Like being aware of all these things out there. It's like just because you're doing uh, whatever it is you're doing today doesn't necessarily tomorrow. You have to stick with doing that. You know? So okay. absolutely. But th- that's what it takes to be a web developer. You know, just knowing a little bit about uh, what everything's going on and finding the thing that costs you most and, and, and owning that. Right. That, that's, that's what I would say. Um, so being that we've all our, our most common our most common uh, languages are HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, uh, what, what do you what do you guys think it's lacking? What do you guys want to see in it? And, and everybody go at once. No, 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 no. You, you got to go first because I, I I know you. I spoke to you this <laughs> this lunchtime. You you've had a, a great thing um, that you, you so, said about so it. So everybody knows what media queries are, right? What do you guys think of the idea of elements? So queries? just just to specify, because we have a lot of beginners in there, media queries is, is what makes a web page look great on a desktop, and all of a sudden the same page without any changes can look great on mobile. You can literally resize the image. The web page now becomes very mobile friendly, makes a lot of sense in mobile, and you didn't do anything as well. The, the, yeah, so the media, front page media queries are CSS attributes you can add, um, and based on your screen's uh, resolution and, and width, you can readjust and, and restyle a particular element. So you don't have to rewrite the HTML at all. It's just all CSS. So the idea of media queries is perfect, right, for getting a responsive website out there. The thing I would like to see in CSS would be element queries. I want my child, my my card, for example. So using the, the BEM methodology, block element modifier, the, the card aspect of, you know, like let's call it a user card where I've got a picture of the uh, user profile and then underneath that um, is a title, like their name and their their job description with some social links, right? That looks really good in a, you know, and to use bootstrap terms here, uh, a four column grid, right? But what if I take that same component on the desktop and put it in a six column grid or the 12 column full width one? 
how do we make that one element, that, that user card, now when it's in the 12 column, have the picture to the left, the title um, to the right, the description right underneath that, and the social icons uh, underneath that. So it's like instead of uh, stacking on top of each other, it's floated left. But in the on the desktop, on the 12 column grid, take that same card, put it in a four column grid, and it stacks the way I just described it in the context of image and then body content. So it's doing what it would normally do by itself on a, on a web page, right. uh, but depending on where it's located in the desktop, which makes a lot of sense. Exactly. So it's like the child, the, uh, the element, user component. card is yeah. aware of what container it's in, knows that width, and adjusts accordingly. Just like we have a media query to when I'm dragging the browser up and down, I can see how my page breaks down. I want to break it down based on what container it's in. Sure. That's what I want to see. If, if, if you know the answer, contact us at bang at bangimportant.com <laughs> and let us know. Because that's a, a great a great improvement, I think, that, that they, they would see. Absolutely. Um, I, I, again, I didn't have enough time to think about this. The only thing I would say is I feel that they're just a million different ways to do a million different things. And it can be frustrating. Um and so that's what Ruby was, everybody loves, because there is no one million way. There's the one. The Ruby way. The Ruby way. And uh, being a no developer, there is a, a million ways. So sometimes I, I wish we, we, we had that one way. And then at the other times, I'm like, no, the wonderful thing about JavaScript is not only can it do, if you understand it well, it can do a million different things a million different ways. If, and if you understand why, then... You can choose which way, but sometimes I feel. Sort of like to elaborate on that, the, the things I would love to see in HTML and CSS is a default way to do tabs. Oh, uh, yeah. Right, a default way to do accordions. <laughs> no. Right, right. right, uh, right. Like the, they just came out with uh, the, the modal dialogue. Yes. Right, so it's like, it's not it's not the dialogue box, not the alert, it's a modal, right? So you, now you have a modal. Yeah, that's very needed. That's, that's right. very Right, so it's needed. like, where, where like how many times have you rewritten oh, yeah. the accordion? Oh, yeah. Or use the bootstrap library to do that or some jQuery lib to do that. It's yes. just like, why is this not a thing, right? Can you guess think? Yeah, I guess um, in terms of what Jeremy was describing, it sounds like one of the things I've actually just been recently watching um, some YouTube videos on CSS Grid. And I know Jeremy and I have uh, talked a little bit about it. It really does sound fascinating. And I know it, it might have some of that functionality you're describing, although I'm sure you know it well enough to know what, what it still could be lacking and what I might be overlooking. Um, I, in terms of lacking in languages, I'm someone who started off with computer science, and I'm also someone who really appreciates learning things from the ground up, although given everything we've just talked about, um, it's just simply not possible in this day and age all the time. Um, but that being said, I really appreciated learning C and C++. Granted, it's not assembly language, but it was still <laughs> a very much lower level where variables were typed. And you know, one of the things that was so off-putting about JavaScript was the fact that there were no types for the variables. Uh, that being said, I know there's already kind of implementations to try to fix that. There's ES6, let, const, uh, there's TypeScript, you know, mm -hmm. for that matter, which I guess I would say I'm interested to learn more about. I don't, I haven't used TypeScript yet, but... I'm a big um, fan, so it, it yeah. will solve a lot of the problems. 
I'm, I'm seeing a shaking from from Max as well with yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Um, in regards to um, HTML, I think one thing um, that I would I would want to play around with is essentially seeing the trend of VR and where VR is going, mm -hmm. and a way to to kind of have your HTML, have your website displayed in a VR headset. Because I think that that's going to be the future. It's not going to be as mobile. It's going to be more in your face or interactive um, reality. So I think maybe maybe having some HTML APIs that do allow some of those VR functionalities that's out there. Well, I, th I think he's, he's talking about the fact that he's going to be presenting at the next Palm Beach JavaScript VR on the web. And I'm really impressed by that, Max. I really uh, I think that <laughs> shows a lot. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. All right. Very cool. So, I mean, I, I think I've run out of uh, questions that we want to talk about. We, we've talked about a lot of different things, you know, where our learning resources are, what are just general resources that we go to to find out more information on a particular topic. Um, you know, what does it take to be a web developer and then what we'd like to see in the uh, three languages, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. I think it's time to get into picks, Damon. What do you think? I think so, my friend. All right. So are any of you, you two ready with uh, any picks that you got going on? Start us off, Chris. Well, uh, one of the picks, I suppose you could call, is another trend, and it still has to do with JavaScript. But um, this notion that I've been hearing a lot of, which is back to vanilla JS. Mm. And um, one of the enticing things about it is probably no surprise, given my last response, which is I just am a big fan of knowing what's going on behind the scenes as much as possible. That's not to say I would want to do away with jQuery or any libraries that assist with that. But I just find it a very interesting concept that we, you know, go so far as to create libraries, frameworks, etc., that do tasks a certain way, and they're very helpful. But then we keep finding ourselves going back to the basics. And so I, I like to see that type of movement, um, you know, back into getting to understand those things, not, I, I would add to that, perhaps it's included is not using as many of the mystery methods, I'll call them, just going that term right now. I don't know if anyone uses that, but what I mean is the example I gave in my presentation was writing out a, function in longer syntax using a for loop, using multiple methods, as opposed to a single line that can dot filter, dot sort, dot join. Um, a lot of those things, especially for people learning JavaScript as their first language, they're probably in for a rude surprise if they go into other languages where that's more difficult. So um, I, I think that's, that's a very good trend going on. The other thing I don't even think this is really a trend, but this will just show my my archaic view as well. I mentioned how the only previous coding experience I had was back in the 1990s building static HTML sites, no CSS or anything like that. And I did happen to see, you know, I'm talking like GeoCities, Angel Fire days. Wow. Um, but yeah, de definitely had the best uh, Chrono Trigger website out there nice. with, with the... M-I-D-I music playing in the background. It was pretty nice. Awesome. But uh, I, I saw a website that was showcasing designs that were kind of that retro feel of a 90s website. And, you know, maybe that's just the way of things. They're trying to get all of us with the nostalgia in these days. You got everything being recreated. I, I just heard that 
they're going to create a sequel to Sabrina the Teenage Witch now, or or Clarissa explains it all. One of those Melissa in, Joan in, Hart bit shows in eight bitten and only um, using CSS. Yeah, so this would be the point if if I was on my blog, I'd say. But I digress. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's something cool about going back to the novelty of of the original design and and implementation of websites. So. So Chris, Chris would like you to visit vanilla-js.com where you can download the vanilla.js library that includes such things as core functionality, prototype, object-oriented, animations, regular expressions, closure, array, DOM, AJAX, event systems, functions from first class, math libraries, and string, all for free. The JS file is completely blank when you include it, and what they suggest when you go production is delete the include. <laughs> right? So because JavaScript can now do all these things that Java, jQuery can and all that, but definitely go there. Fantastic read. Excellent. Next, do you have a pick for us? Yeah, I would say Jenkins. So ah, I've been yes. with a lot of um, DevOps practices and building pipelines um, within my job. So um, we, we usually use um, Bamboo, which is a Lassen product. And more recently, uh, they started having more uh, projects relying on open source software. So Jenkins was definitely the, the alternative. Um, it's been fun. It's definitely been a challenge to to learn um, all of the things that you can do. It's not as, um, it doesn't do a lot of hand-holding compared to Bamboo. Um, so it's been a challenge and fun to play around with. Great, great guess, great guess. Very cool. So I, I've got three today. Oh, no. I'm going to uh, piggyback off Chris's there and going back to uh, the basics. Uh, so UX Dev Summit is coming up in May, early May, May 7th through the 15th, I think it is. Yes. And I will be presenting my workshop there, JavaScript Back to the Basics. So UXDevSummit.com. Uh, I'm the first day, so I'll be there May 7th. Um, you know, the, you're not just going to be there. You're one of the presenters of the workshops. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm presenting, presenting a full day workshop. Um, and the, the idea that I, I talk about in my back to the basics is uh, reintroduction of JavaScript, right? The idea of, do you understand what parameters are what, when they're arguments and that you can pass a function as an argument? And that's when a function is passed as an argument, it's called a callback. You know, things like that. It uh, trips people up where it's like they see these things, but they don't really understand why they're doing stuff. You know, um, I, I like to talk about some of the uh, you know, quirky bits with JavaScript, like, uh, for example, coercion. You know, a lot of people coming from strictly type languages say that's one of the most hated, thing that, hated things that they don't like about the language. And to me, it's beautiful, right? I use it to my advantage. So I, I have examples in there showing you, like, what coercion is and how to use it again, uh, to your advantage and how it could you know, bites you in the butt if, if not understood. So, you know, we have a plethora of uh, topics uh, that we go over from variable scoping to arguments and callbacks to, uh, you know, coercion and assignment operators and much, much more. So JavaScript, back to the basics, coming at the Dev Summit 2018. Nice. Um, and my second pick would be uh, the MDN docs, hands down the best documentation for all things JavaScript that I've seen out there. And they, they've got some good documentation about the other stuff as well uh, for like HTML and CSS. I just happen to see the CSS trick one show up first yep. when I do a Google search. But um, you know, one of the things that's really leveled up my JavaScript understanding is the MDN networks. Uh, uh, the way they explain things and the, the code examples that they have there is just second to none. 
it just feels like the the, the definite, you know, uh, not Wikipedia, but definition of how uh, certain languages should be up there. And it's always up there. When I was looking Absolutely. into web notifications, that's the one thing I got all yep. my details from. And then, uh, so we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, what does it take to be a developer these days? Um, I follow a, a YouTube channel called LearnCode.Academy, and they have a video out there. Uh, he has a video out there called Must Know Tech Web Development in 2018. It's uh, uh, at, at the time of this recording. It's uh, It came out last week, and he has a uh, mind map, I think they're called, of like different paths you can go down, which further illustrates my point of, you know, separating the, uh, concerns, right? You know, your front end, there's this whole plethora of knowledge that you need to know and understand, and you can go down uh, this uh, rabbit hole with, and then the back end, and then DevOps, and then, you know, all sorts. Like, I think it breaks down into those three broad categories and those subcategories and those sub, sub, subcategories and whatnot. So, uh, learncode.academy is the name of the YouTube channel, and uh, web development 2018, the must know tech. Those are my picks. Awesome. I want to give a pick of the amount of people might not understand that first is GitHub pages. Now, everybody knows GitHub, and that's the place where we have magical code that we can use, and, and it's just we can really be impressed by everything. But what people don't realize it is that they, there is sort of another piece to just putting your code up there if it's a web page. A front end is that you can literally have an actual real website up there under you know, github.io, so your your name, your 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 project.github.io. And what people don't understand about that as well is you can put your own domain name. So bocajs.org is hosted on githubpages.com. The idea originally was that I wanted to have people submit their changes. But what I didn't realize until, you know, recently was that one little C name file, a file named C name, like C, the letter C name.com, pardon me, with your domain name in there, and it can be multiple domain names, and GitHub now answers it with the right setting up. And recently, they just announced it, they'll give you free SSL certificates. Nice. So, bocajs.com.org, pardon me, I don't have .com, um, is SSL cert certified. So, nice. you know, when I call a backend, which it does on there, you can go ahead and go, go right now, it calls the SSL version of the certificate and there's no course problem. There's no issue with me calling an API that's, that's, that's secure while my page is not. So you've seen a lot of different web pages that will let you host. And by the way, re regard with that, I, I think SSL is very important. And check if you have a Heroku or, or an Azure web page or, or any one of the, the AWS, um, you know, uh, the, the AWS S3 hosted web pages on AWS's uh, website, make sure that you understand that you can also refer to them as SSL most of the time. So they've already paid their SSL certificates. So you sort of piggyback onto those. So when it's your domain name, dot, blah, 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 blah and it's GitHub pages or anything else, it'll be SSL. And a lot of those services can be forced to go to SSL and stay in SSL. Nice. So if they go to the web, particular web page without it being, to go ahead and use it. That's it, that's my pick. All right, so that was a wonderful conversation. Thank you again, Chris, for coming back for the second time and dropping some uh, very nice knowledge. Thank you, Max, for coming out for the first time. Hope to have you here at uh, Palm Beach JavaScript giving you a presentation about Jenkins and or VR. Mm. Oh, know, both. And, and how, how to do those, Jenkins <laughs> in VR. Yeah, exactly. No, no pressure. No pressure. And uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody listening. Uh, Damon, you got anything else to say? Uh, I'll, I'll have something ready to say by the next uh, episode. All right. Very good. Bangimportant.com. My mama said that I'm not living right. 
She said, I'm crying on ya. She said, I waited up for you all night. I said, I'm trying, mama. My mama said that I'm not living.